Bing bong. I am back with another edition of the State of Bitcoin podcast where I am joined by Graham Rittner, who is the producer of the film Dare to Dream about the Bitcoin adoption in El Salvador. Graham and I met in El Salvador at Adopting Bitcoin. We have a great conversation about a bunch of different topics, but around adoption, where we're at in the adoption curve and great stuff. And Graham is just an absolute gem He's a great pleb who is outstanding, so be sure to tune in and check out his film, and we give you a bunch of different options where you can get it, so be sure to check it out as it is outstanding, giving it the green candle stamp of approval. But first, before we go on, smash that subscribe button wherever you get podcasts, help grow the show, share it with friends and family, and big shout out to our sponsors. First one, the Bitcoin Advisor. So if you're looking for ways to help estate planning, collaborative custody, get your Bitcoin off an exchange, all these different things. If you're looking to hold Bitcoin but not have a single point of failure, well, the Bitcoin advisory team is here for you. You can book a meeting with me. That's right, me, Brandon from Green Candle using thebitcoinadvisor.com backslash Green Candle. You can set an appointment with me or one of our other great advisors, and we can see if our services can help you. And shout out to Hodler's official. My man Corey just dropped some sick, sick, sick Bitcoin basketball jerseys with either Nakamoto or Satoshi on the back, some orange basketball jerseys. Get those beach fits in ready and early so you can travel down to El Salvador or some other tropical place and enjoy the nice weather with those. And you can use promo code Green Candle for 10% off. I'm saving you some sats. And lastly, woo, woo, woo. That's right. That's my Ric Flair, woo, from Sovereign Energy. That's S-V-R-N, energy.com. You could get yourself a 12-pack or even some more, and each can has some sats on it. So not only am I getting you 10% off with the promo code Green Candle, you're getting sats back on every single sip. All right, that's enough for me. Let's get into the show. Bing bong. I am back with another edition of the State of Bitcoin podcast, where I've got a very special guest, Graham, the director of the documentary Dare to Dream, all about the adoption and the whole entire story of how Bitcoin became legal tender in El Salvador. And we just had a big election. Javier Mille of Argentina just got elected. Um, You know, maybe he's not Bukele. Maybe he is. I don't know. But it's also encouraging to see a lot of adoption going on from there. So, Graham, I'll start it right off the bat. Obviously, we met in El Salvador at Adopting Bitcoin, the conference. So what are, what's your take on Javier Mille and the adoption going on in Argentina and globally? Hey, Brandon. So, yeah, great to, great to be on. Thanks for, thanks for having me on and uh, great, to, great to see you again. Uh, just one small little thing. I've got to uh, just uh, correct you on the introduction i'm not the director of the film and the producer um so yeah no worries no worries it's more it's more out of uh out of uh you know uh, respect to the actual director so the director is joe joe delahunty um but yeah so i was the producer uh so yeah uh, the the uh the the election in argentina well very interesting right i was a bit I was a bit worried after the first round when it looked like he was, you know, he was way ahead in the polls and everything. And he was, he was, everyone was saying he was going to win. And then 
he he kind of i think he just lost out in the first round right to to the uh to the other guy forget his name um and so i it felt a bit like oh hang on a minute is this is, is this gonna slip away is this is there some you know dodgy dodgy stuff going on in the elections over there are they are they rigging it you know and i I, I had a, you know, I wasn't so confident. Anyway, he, he got it. Um, so that was, uh, that was very cool. I was, I was definitely uh, rooting for him. And yeah, he's a, um, as we all know, he's a, he's a, you know, Bitcoiner. Well, he's at least, uh, that's what he, he, he talks, the, talks the talk anyway, right? So, um, so yeah, I, I think it's going to be very interesting what happens uh, with with him. I don't think he will go. I mean, from what we've heard so far from him, he's not going to go down the same path as Bukele and making it legal tender. Um, he's talking about dollarization of Argentina, right? So I think his his uh his route's going to be to just deregulate it make it completely you know voluntary and you know let, let the free market do its do its thing right and um which which i think makes perfect sense as well i'm you know i i think what bukele did was i think was the right thing to do for el salvador i think it was as much about a sim a, a huge symbolic gesture as as anything else right and i think he had the kind of first mover advantage as well. If, if you're going to make if you're going to make a big bold move like make Bitcoin legal tender, then you get everything that goes with that. You get you attract all the people that go down there like us, right? And you attract the uh, the the the, uh, the Bitcoin the tourism. You attract the uh, internal investment, and so it, there's, it's it's one thing about you know yeah it's a big a big kind of message to the people that you know we're we're promoting kind of a freedom-based money within our country but it's also uh, a huge kind of message to the rest of the world saying you know this is this is bitcoin country right and and so i i think but i'm not sure the next country can can you know have that same impact you know i don't know if it's uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna get that so it probably makes more sense for for argentina to to go the way that he's talking and just make it just completely legal and um uh and make yeah make it as easy as possible low as less um you know the, the least amount of pain points possible for for anyone to own it uh, use it transact in it and if merchants want to accept it you know great and and, and if they don't no problem you know so i yeah to me uh i i think it's I think it's very exciting to see what's going to happen there, and and not just not just Bitcoin either. I think he's got, you know, he's got some pretty interesting, uh, you know, points of view on a lot of things. So um, yeah, we you know let's see let's see what happens. But it's I think it's also a sign of, you know, a lot of lot of things happening uh, in the world. It's you know we just had the Dutch election as well, right? Which uh, I don't know if the guy is pro Bitcoin or not, but he's uh, he's quite an anti-establishment kind of guy and uh so that, that's another one that's worth you know keeping an eye on and i yeah as i say i think it's a sign of sign of the times a lot of a lot of people going through some kind of uh a 
awakening, let's say, right? Of just, uh, you know, tired of the old, the old ways, the old political establishment, the old parties that have been, um, you know, uh, you know, in, in, in command, let's say in control for, uh, for so long. So yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with Malay. Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, there, there is some differences that you highlighted, which I didn't really think about before, which I appreciate is that, you know, El Salvador was uh, using the US dollar as it as it stood, right? And Argentina is obviously using the Argentinian peso, which has been hyperinflated, and it's just been absolutely crazy. So I think it's it's a step in the right direction, right? Getting to, to the US dollar, which is, you know, the global reserve currency as it stands. And then the next transition would probably be towards Bitcoin. But, you know, with the development of El Salvador, right? I mean, obviously we met there. You said you've been going to the Adopting Bitcoin conference for a few years now. And, you know, you filmed the whole, uh, you know, documentary and all that, you know, based on El Salvador. So obviously you've seen the development over this time period. So why don't you dive into that and just kind of talk about like the changes that you've noticed from El Salvador. I mean, everybody was kind of mentioning the roads in El Zante was like the biggest thing that, yeah. you know, I from a lot of people was it was dirt roads and now it's like all concrete. Um, but yeah, why don't you dive into some of the, the positive changes that you've noticed from uh, just, you know, the adoption of Bitcoin? Yeah, I mean, so yeah, so I, I went to the, the first, I've been to, they've had three, right? And I've been to all, all three adopting Bitcoins. Uh, I went, I first went to El Salvador in the middle of 2021. So just a couple of months after the announcement was made, it was before even the the uh, the law had come into uh, had you know gone gone through Congress. So, um, and uh, so I, I think I've been like f yeah four times now in the last uh, two and a half years. So yeah, I've, I've been able to see some changes. I mean, you know, sort of zooming out. I think the the, the you know the the biggest overall kind of change is a change of feeling within the country right it's it's the the feeling of 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 real hope and optimism back in 2021 that was starting to come through for sure there was definitely already some you know uh, some very positive changes happening but it's really you know it's really escalated in the last two and a half years and so when we were making the film uh, towards the end of 2021, we, you know, we spent a month in the country on the grounds filming every day. And so visiting, you know, going to different places. So we spoke to a lot of, a lot of locals, drivers, people, you know, in the poo-poo series, in the, you know, local bars, whatever. And so we got to, we got to meet a lot of, a, a lot of local people. So we had some people actually helping out in the crew uh that were you know from from el salvador and there was still there was still a sense of uh you know the, the, the there was this kind of tra tragic sort of feeling that was still coming through because we just heard so many stories about the 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 violence of of the gangs and and the hopelessness that there, that was and now you know people were starting to think you know starting to talk about well it looks like you know bukele's going to be doing something different we're definitely supporting him but there was it was still apprehensive about you know what the future hold, future held for them you know and now or you know yeah 
going just a few weeks ago and before that even you really you really feel like that they they believe now they really believe they they can see it with their own eyes right that the, the the country is changing he is delivering on his promises and yeah it's just you know it's a country in in uh, in kind of on a on a real growth curve the economy's getting better um and then yeah of course on the you know the, on a kind of more micro micro level you, yeah the the roads are, are getting better and um general infrastructure is improving and you know i think a lot of the a lot of the stuff actually is you know is happening outside of el you know elzonte is obviously the the kind of the, the the mecca if you like for for bitcoin as everybody goes there so we can all we can all talk about what's happening in elzonte and, and there's definitely a lot of change there a lot not just roads but a lot of a lot of um a lot more uh, bars and restaurants and hotels kind of building and um real estate development and so on but outside of elzonte i I haven't had a chance to travel that much in the last the last couple of times I've been, but just re I, I follow a lot of El Salvador you know Salvadorian people on uh, on X and um, obviously follow Bukele and and some of the government people and you just see it you can just see a lot of you know just uh, what they're talking about and videos that they're making is uh, yeah it's just you know from building hospitals to building new library. They got this beautiful, amazing library that they've just built, right? And I love that. I love that they, you know, I sometimes you in uh, in some of these older parts of Europe, you, you know, you you see um, the the old libraries that were built, you know, 100, 200 years ago, and just the amount of, you know, the the, the kind of glorious architecture that is that they uh, they use to build a library. In other words, they put so much importance on on that on the kind of educational side of being able their people being having access to to literature to books to educate themselves and and so i love that seeing that in el salvador they've they've done the same thing they've like built this incredible library um so yeah there's 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 all there's amazing changes it's a really is a country that's just kind of defying all beliefs you know in terms of the, the the transformation that's going on and it's it's uh it's just amazing to see it's such a joy to go down there right I did I, how, did you how did you find it because that was your first time right down there yeah it was my first time it was great I mean you know I tried to get away from like I I guess I'll call it like the Bitcoin bubble in a sense right I mean because adopting Bitcoin is a lot of I guess a lot of the gringos were down there right having a good time partying and all stuff or that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, I got connected with a great driver. Um, so shout out to Jaime Garcia. He uh, connected me with Jeremy, who was a, a native El Salvadorian. He lived in the States a little bit, so he spoke English. So it helped me out a little bit. But uh, he connected me with like a local surf coach who, you know, he didn't take Bitcoin or anything. So, um, you know, it was it was good to kind of experience, I guess, that outside of it um, to yeah. see, you know, just get a vibe of, what the locals are really feeling about Bukele, because obviously, you know, from the outsiders looking in, you know, you hear Max and Stacy and everything really just promoting Bukele saying like, you know, the great rebranding is what they've called it. And, right. you know, obviously they have, right. I mean, I, I had no, uh, I had no interest probably going to El Salvador prior to this because I just, 
and I never really heard about it. Like Latin America was always like the narrative was it's very dangerous, you know, especially growing up in the States. It's like, it's not really a good place to go and visit and vacation unless you're like on a cruise ship or something and very protected. At least that's, you know, maybe what the ideas my mom put in my head. Right. But I mean, I was walking around like at night, perfectly fine. Um, you know, yeah. I, I, I went to school in, uh, the University of Memphis, which is, uh, you know, in, in America, it's not one of the safer cities. And I'll tell you, I felt a lot safer in El Salvador <laughs> than I did walking around the streets of right. Memphis. That's, that's for sure. So um, <laughs> I think that, you know, in general, it's uh, developed a lot. It does have a lot of like, I guess, like, I will say American, um, uh, I don't even know how to word it, maybe like American, I don't, I want to, I don't, Oh, influence. That's the word I'm looking for. American influence. Like, I mean, there's still like the McDonald's, you know, when I walked out of the airport, there was just like Subway, Pizza Hut, like that kind of thing. Um, But I think like, you know, from what I could tell, I didn't really feel like I was in like a a third world country, um, to say the very least. Uh, And El Zante was really pretty. I mean, you know, of course, there's some things on the roads, like some of them were not, um, you know, perfect. But, um, you know, I had a great time. I really did like it. But it was interesting, too. The, the one thing I did notice, too, is I, I stayed in San Salvador the whole time. I went and did day trips to El Zante. Was that because of the gang, uh, you know, I guess the gang violence that they've had before is that the whole city kind of shuts down around like 830, 9 o'clock. And there's really not much going on, like, outside of that. Um, unless, you know, you have the, the Bitcoiners kind of going out and doing their own parties and things like that. So... I did find right. that to be interesting. Um, but other than yeah. that, I really enjoyed it, man. It was great. Um, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Does that sound yeah, like a fair, a... I guess? Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. I mean, it's it's uh, it's, it's true, though, what you said. I mean, it's a, it's an amazing, um, you know, it's an, it's an amazing country. The people, I, I, I love the, you know, the Salvadoran people. Everyone everyone who goes there always talks about the people, Salvadorian people. They're such, such you know, friendly, generous, nice people. Uh, but it's very true what you said about the the uh, the you know early kind of everything shutting down at um, really early there, and I'd, I'd never thought about it. I guess that is it probably is a, a, a kind of a legacy of the the gang you know culture that was there. Um, yeah, I guess that's where it, that's where it comes from because it's true, and and it it, it kind of goes back and like everyone. It, everyone eats really early the kitchens close early the restaurant you know it's uh it's a strange one but i guess that'll that will change over time with with uh you know now it's a much safer more secure place um but uh, yeah good good you uh glad you enjoyed it it's uh it's a quite an experience yeah so i mean all right yeah i mean it was great and i think i'll definitely be going back sometime in the near future i don't know if i'll be there for the having party um or if uh, you know, maybe I'll go back for adopting or something like that again. Uh, but overall, you know, I mean, it's some some place that I'm definitely going to plan on visiting, you know, at least uh, maybe yearly, uh, hopefully. Yearly. I mean, I did enjoy surfing, too. So I'm going to have to try to get better at that so I can actually, uh, you know, rip some waves and things like that when I right. get down. But, um, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about like adoption as a whole. Right. I mean, we mentioned Argentina. You know, you mentioned um, what was the other country? Was it Netherlands? The other country? Uh, yeah, well, it was just a, a you know a, one of these. Uh, I don't know about what what's happening in terms of Bitcoin there, but or, or you know I, I don't know the the name of the guy to be honest. Uh, I did know, but I can't remember. So 
Dutch Dutch name I've forgotten, but um, it was just it, it was one of these uh, another kind of you know a politician that got voted in there that that's um, got a similar kind of thing going as, as say like Malay just a little you know he's not not part of the establishment and kind of because there's you know there's some real there's a lot of shit going on down in, in in the Netherlands, right? The farmers there have been treated. I don't know if you know anything about all of that, but they they they've there's big problems with they they're trying to effectively kind of shut down half of the the, the farmers there. Um, so well, they they're making it impossible for them to live, so that they fall into line with these kind of uh, green sustainability climate change goals and um and it's just there's been a big uprising by the, the the farmers there because it just makes their lives completely impossible and anyway it, it, so that's just kind of one thing but i think there's you know the people who are from the netherlands will go a lot deeper uh into it than that but this, so yeah this this guy that's been uh, voted in is you know is another one that's um kind of non you know anti-status quo let's say uh but 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 in terms of bitcoin adoption i'm not i'm not really sure where where he stands on that yeah but, well uh, yeah. You know, you're, you're coming from a, a european perspective right and but you filmed a, a a documentary in el salvador so i kind of want to talk about the the differences that you see maybe from like a european adoption maybe even a, it's just a, a mindset to like a latin american um you know kind of adoption like what are some of the differences you see and uh you know i guess what are some of the hurdles that you see in like both regions okay so yeah i mean to be honest i don't know if there's there's a huge amount of difference between european adoption and north american adoption right i think um there's although i think north american adoption is is bitcoin is is more prevalent in the adoption in 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 the US than than in Europe. In Europe, it's you know it's it is in a similar way. Bitcoin is seen very much as a uh, I, I guess a, you know a, a sort of digital gold, right? It's a store of value. Um, I think it's seen as something that can be you, you know I well let me just kind of step back one moment. I you know I I talk about Bitcoin being as a as the, the kind of the biggest probably the only global bottom-up kind of movement right grassroots movement for for changing the world uh that we've ever seen and so and to me it it is a movement more than a community right we we talk about a bitcoin community i think there's a lot of differences between different you know bitcoiners and so for me it doesn't feel so much like a community per se but it feels very much like a movement that we're all trying to move in the in the same direction because we see it as really a a game changer that it could fundamentally you know change the change the world for the better um so and then within that movement you have all these different types of uh, adoption right so you have um the store of value I, i think very much in the developed world in europe and the us you have it's seen more as a, a as a kind of store of value and a, a belief system around it that if we if we you know if we rally enough people into this movement um, that it'll you know and we can get 
the, a Bitcoin standard of some sorts adopted in different parts of the world on a, on a kind of big enough scale, then it will fundamentally change the world. And we'll, all the problems that we, we know about the fiat um, money system will, will have to change. You know, the fiat money system is, you know, corrupted in so many parts of our society from, you know, food production to health to, you know, something that often gets talked about the, the kind of the wars, the endless wars that we seem to be uh, involved in and how that can, you know, massively constrain uh, governments and uh, to, to be funding these, these mostly what seems to be pointless wars. Right. So, so I think that, you know, that there's this uh, in the U S and Europe, there's this, you know, kind of, yep. Store of value will, will lead to much greater purchasing power in the future. If you hold Bitcoin, it's a very much a, a hodling mentality, right? So we, we store it, we own it, we get it into cold storage, into hardware wallets. Um, and we really hope that this is going to change the world and we believe it's going to change the world. So I think that's a, that's one kind of uh, adoption. And then at, at, let's say at the kind of individual retail level, and then, then you've got the, you know, the kind of Michael Saylors of this world who are starting to lead that, which is another kind of adoption, right? Which is the kind of corporate adoption, which is really very much thinking of it as the best, hardest money that there is. And therefore a, the, 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 an asset that you fundamentally have to have on your balance sheet, because it's going to, otherwise you're, you, if you're holding cash, you're going to be losing value over time. It's the kind of anti-inflation, um, mentality right which which is which is driving that kind of adoption so there's another type of adoption which is still i would say in the more in the developed world the corporate the corporate side and then obviously down in in latin america i think you've got another kind of adoption going on it's a, it's a mixture right you have got definitely people holding and saving because because well they have probably even greater inflation problems than we do um and so they do see it as a store of value, but there's much more of a, also a, a utility side, right? So actually thinking of it as a, um, as a, uh, you know, as a way to transact, uh, a, a means of exchange. And so, um, so yeah, so that's what we saw in El Salvador, right? That's how, that was the beginning of it in, in El Zonte. It all started with really, the circular economy, right? Actually, thinking about Bitcoin as a way to um, to get people who don't have bank accounts, who have no access to banking, to be able to own Bitcoin, own it, to actually have some form of digital money and, and a way of transacting in a digital way. Um, and so, I think that's what we're you know we're really seeing the circular economies, um, Bitcoin being used like that in Latin America, and obviously in Africa and, and, and some parts of Asia as well. So, yeah, I think, you know, those are the big, the kind of big differences that we're, we're seeing at the moment. Um, really, uh, the, as I say, the kind of more store of value, change the world mentality of, of kind of Europe and the U S versus more solving, I would say immediate needs in, in places like Latin America and Africa. Makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense a hundred percent. And I, and I agree with you too, because yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the currencies in like Latin America or Africa, 
you know, if they have their local currencies, they're way, you know, more inflated um, and they, you know, don't have as close of a tie to the dollar as maybe like the euro does and more of these stable economies, right? I mean, you're basically like, you know, it's the third world versus the first world at a point, right? I mean, you know, it's it might not be, I guess, the most PC thing to, to say it that way, but at the end of the day, they're developing countries. They're still figuring things out, right? I mean, whereas Europe, obviously very developed, the United States, obviously, you know, the most developed country right now, I guess, is what, what we can call it. Um, it obviously has its fair share of problems, but, um, you know, it's been the, the the global power for for quite some time now, especially since we went on to the, the dollar standard and moved away from, uh, from the gold standard, uh, you know. So um, it is interesting to kind of keep track of all of that and see how, how things are developing. But, you know, I guess... In the stage, right? I mean, on Bitcoin Twitter, it's a very popular phrase to say, like, we're still early. I want to get your perspective on that, right? Because, I mean, you've been on the the ground, uh, you know, filming some, some of the early adoptions, right? And, I mean, you've been in El Salvador, too, where you've seen the transition from, you know, the first time it was introduced as legal tender to now, where it's, you know, still a couple years down the road, but... Um, you know, it's still like it still needs some development. Some people still are not accepting Bitcoin in El Salvador. So, you know, where do you see where we're at, I guess, on this scale of, you know, the quote unquote, we're still early? Well, yeah, I mean, we're 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 very early. Right. <laughs> it's it's funny because I've you know, I was um, I, I got into Bitcoin very early I, because I, I was already a, a gold bug. And so I, I'd already gone down the, the kind of rabbit hole of understanding our fiat monetary system and all the flaws of our fiat monetary system before Bitcoin even turned up. So I was, I was very primed uh, for Bitcoin when it first kind of came onto the scene, when I first heard about it uh, back in kind of 2010, I think. And so, you know, I, I, it's funny thinking about how early we are because you know, back then I thought I was, I was kind of, you know, that was early, but here we are nearly 14 years later and it's still very, very early. Right. And so it's very early in, in every, every, everywhere. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing when you think about, because I, I remember a few years ago, there was, uh, there were some people kind of making these claims that you know bitcoin was the adoption of bitcoin the rate of adoption was just incredible it was faster than the rate of the internet and they were using some really bogus kind of metrics uh, to to make those claims right and numbers of uh, numbers of bitcoin addresses and things like that and um and the truth is you know i the way i see adoption is if you only own Bitcoin and you own it and you and you, uh, you you only own it and you're not looking to trade out of it, um, then you you get Bitcoin, right? That's that's real adoption. If you own Bitcoin as a basket of other crypto, you know, other shit coins, um, then and you're looking to just you know sell it at you know when it goes 5x or 10x or whatever then that's that's not adoption right that's not bitcoin adoption that's just that's you're just a trader and so the people who actually are, are buying bitcoin and own and, and and holding it and i i'm not 
I'm not one of these people who thinks you should only hold and never spend because I, I think these circular economies are really important. And so I actually do think some, some spending of some sats makes, you know, makes perfect sense to me, but, but you, you own it with the, and, and hold a certain amount with the view that this is the future, right? That you believe Bitcoin is the long-term future. That, that to me is real, real adoption. So when you think of it like that, then we're incredibly early because there's just such a small amount of people, you know, that actually uh, have have that mentality and, and own Bitcoin in that way. I would, if I had to, you know, make a guess, I would I would say maybe one one percent of the population, maybe less, um, own own Bitcoin like that. Probably less actually, you know. If you think about if if you were to walk down a, a busy high street. So you know, somewhere in 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 the U.S., you know, in I don't know New York or Chicago or somewhere, or if you were to walk down a busy high street in in London or in you know uh, Paris or something, I I bet it's less than one in a hundred people actually own Bitcoin with that mentality, and so maybe it's one one in a thousand even. You know, I don't know, I don't know. Somewhere, probably somewhere between one in a hundred, one in a thousand. Uh, so that's, you know, when you think of it like that, then we're incredibly early. And so, yeah, and then thinking of it in, in down in El Salvador, it's very similar. It's still very, very early. I think we all probably had um, too high expectations when Bitcoin was made legal tender there to begin with. I know, I know that I did. I didn't think it was going to just, you know, like they were, everybody was going to adopt it just like that. I, I, but I did think that it would probably make, have made bigger strides uh, than it has, to be honest, uh, up until now. Um, there's still very low, very low level of adoption in, in El Salvador. And, but that, you know, now I've just kind of recalibrated and, you know, to me, it, now it makes sense. I don't, it doesn't make me feel in any way negative about it or less optimistic about it. It's just like, yeah, the, the, these things are going to take time and, um, if you think how, how slow it's been uh, to, to take off in much more technologically developed countries, you know, like the US or, or Europe, then, then of course El Salvador, which is really, uh, you know, is, is coming from a long way behind in that sense, is, is going to be much, much slower. So, um, yeah, incredibly early. Uh, so, and uh, uh, which is, you know, makes it just even more bullish and, and optimistic for the future. Um, and I think, you know, there's a lot, a phrase that I think it's Parker Lewis uh, really uh, kind of latched onto, or I don't know if he coined the phrase. I, no, he, he took it from uh, something else. And I can't remember now, but the whole gradually then suddenly phrase, right? Um, and uh, I think we are getting close to this the, then suddenly part. Right. I think that's I think that's getting closer and closer. And the reason I say that is because I, I do believe there is a real awakening going on throughout the world. Um, we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier with the, with these elections and stuff. But I think people are waking up more and more to the, the idea that the world has been is being run in a fundamentally bad way. And I think people are you know, the, the inflation that people have 
had to deal with in the last couple of years. I think that's woken up a lot of people. Um, but I think it goes beyond that. I think the way the whole COVID thing was handled uh, woke up a lot of people in terms of just, you know, that there is a kind of, uh, there has been the sense of them and us, right? Or us and them, the, the kind of the, the, this handful of uh, kind of, well, not handful, but it's tiny, tiny microscopic elite of people who have been enriching themselves on on this fiat system, this central banking fiat system that's been in place for so long and at the expense of the, you know, the rest of the population. And so I, I feel like that is really happening now on a, on a big scale that people are, are waking up to the, um, the way that just the, the, the malevolent way that the system has been set up and, and run for so long. And so I think part of that awakening will eventually lead to to more Bitcoin adoption. It, it'll start with just like, oh, what's you know, maybe I should check check out this Bitcoin thing. Maybe it's not so crazy after all. And and you know, step by step, that that's going to lead to more and more adoption. So, yeah, I think that the the, the then suddenly bit is 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 really not that far away. I think the next few years we, we're probably going to see a uh, a big a big change, a big, a big growth in adoption. I think it's going to be much, much bigger than the previous, let's say, bull market. Um, I think this this next bull market we're going to see. I'm not saying mass adoption. I'm not. I'm not going that far. I'm not saying we're going to have hyper Bitcoinization in the next few years. No, but I think if we're talking, you know, like less than one percent uh, adoption now, I could see that, you know, getting to at least five percent in the next in the next few years so we'll see but i i feel i feel it's coming yeah and i mean you know i agree with you there i i honestly maybe i'm i'm a little more naive naive i think we we are above the one percent at least having some sort of knowledge of bitcoin maybe not just being like full-fledged bitcoiners where it's like all right they're maxis you know they're out there sunning their balls and doing all that kind of stuff but I do think that, you know, the general population, at least like in the United States even, has heard of Bitcoin, um, whether they oh, self, you know, I think that's the start, right? Where it's like, you know, kind of like you said, it's the gradually then suddenly it just takes all those touch points, right? I think like there's something like it says like five to seven or maybe it's like six touch points or something before somebody actually gets it or really takes, you know, some sort of dive into it. So I think, you know, the more that Bitcoin's getting in the mainstream news, especially like if we have this bull run coming up next year or maybe the year after, who knows about the timing of it. But when, when that kind of comes, that's when like, you know, we'll start to see the, the then suddenly maybe. I don't know. I'm not I'm not a firm believer in this super cycle, so, so to speak. But I think like with every bull run, uh, more and more people come on. And then with every, you know, drawback. Uh, it weeds out some people, but some will come back on as well. But um, let's dive into your documentary. We haven't gotten into it yet. The Dare to Dream, right? Um, great film and, uh, you know, a great project that you worked on. You came in and, you know, you've been able to to promote it at some of these conferences. Speak a little bit about that. Why don't you just give a broad overview of what the documentary was, uh, kind of what it covered and, and everything like that uh, for the audience who may have not seen it just yet. Okay, I just want to quickly 
just just like address something you just said though i i definitely agree with you that the the in terms of knowledge and awareness of bitcoin yeah we're 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 probably at, you know more like 80 percent you know in terms of, of people actually knowing about it and kind of more or less having some idea of you know that it's this you know digital form of of money so yeah I, that that i totally agree with you but i what, what i was you know the point i guess i was trying to make is that in terms of the low level of adoption when i i think of adoption as just people who own it and they don't own other crypto and they own it for the, the right reasons right because they understand it but anyway so just just wanted to make sure we're kind of on the same um same wavelength um but yes yeah, so the uh the documentary so the um basically it was a, a project that came about by by uh by chance really i mean not completely by chance i went down to el salvador i'm not so i guess the point the important point to make is that i'm not actually a, a filmmaker by background right i'm a i'm a bitcoiner i had a, a you know a career in other areas before i um before i became a, a reinvented myself as a film producer um, but uh, yeah, I went down to El Salvador back in 2021 because I was just blown away by the story. I'd heard, I'd, you know, gone down the rabbit hole and, and learned about Bitcoin Beach in uh, El Zonte. And I just thought it was such a crazy story. I had to go down and check it out. And I've always had that kind of sense of, I guess, adventure, right? The spirit of adventure is like, right, you know, there's, his, this sounds like a fun, fun uh trip to go on so i went down there and met the met the guys met uh, the guys behind bitcoin beach and i was um yeah i was just uh, just blown away by the, the once i'd learned more about the story um and their backstory and everything that they'd been doing before even before the whole bitcoin the the bitcoin part right so they they they'd been working on these projects these kind of community projects to try and change their their community they had this these big ideas that dreams which is part of the you know why that it's called dare to dream and um to change their country because their country was in such a terrible situation right their project started before bukele turned up and when they were when they were um kind of growing up when they were to, you know, becoming young adults, everybody else, all their peers were fleeing the fleeing El Salvador and, and making that trip uh, to go to the US. Well, they were either doing that or they were getting sucked into the gang culture, right? And so there was it was just a real country of hopeless hopelessness and despair. And so these guys, they you know they decided to try and stop the stop the rock let's say and you know they they had this whole idea that you know they had to somebody had to stay and try and change things otherwise it was their country was never going to change and so um that's how it began and then they you know they met uh, mike peterson who who uh, became a, a mentor and, and really then uh helps them and empowered them to to work on these community projects and um, and then Bitcoin came along through this anonymous Bitcoin donor and um, uh, they, you know, to cut a long story short, they ended up creating this circular economy 
which was really the idea of the the uh, the the donor, right? The Bitcoin, this anonymous Bitcoin donor wanted to see how Bitcoin could be used in a kind of in a as a as a medium of exchange, and um, uh, so it was that was that's how it came about, and they 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 made that, and so it was just just this crazy crazy story, and then the fact that that it eventually led to or inspired the government to you know to make that. Uh, that make it as, as a law for you know about legal tender it just just uh, an amazing story so i was i was uh, you know blown away by it and just felt right i got a you know i this this deserves to be made into a into a film into a, a documentary and i i love documentaries and i thought well maybe you know maybe i could do it so <laughs> it was just one of those on the you know kind of impulsive decisions Got chatting with uh, Chimbera, one of the main characters, right? And um, and he was like, "Yeah, let's do it, let's do it." So before we knew it, we we were talking about it one day. By the next day, we pretty much made an agreement that we were gonna, you know, give uh, you know have a go and do it. So um, so yeah, that that's uh, that was the genesis of how it came about. And I brought in a, a guy that I worked with in the past on a on a very small project had nothing to do with documentaries it was but i knew he was he was a good film uh director guy this guy called joe and uh so brought him in onto the project and uh yeah i basically so i i funded it and produced it uh it was kind of i guess my vision if you like of what the what this film could be what this what we were trying to achieve with it and um it became this huge project, you know. I didn't, re I didn't really know what I was letting myself in for when I when I did it. I just, you know, as I say, it was quite a spontaneous decision, and um, but it turned into like a two year journey, and the film just got released a couple of months ago. So, um, yeah, it was uh, turned into a huge project. But it went from being this, you know, spur of the moment kind of idea to, I think it's now the the most widely distributed. Bitcoin documentary out there, and um, yeah, so uh, it's and yeah, it's turned into a into a big thing. So that's a little that's the I guess the overview of it. You can we can you know dig dig deeper into any any part of that. Yeah, uh, I mean that, that's great. I think everybody should should check that out. But one thing that I'm curious about is not only just about the film, but about you, man. How has things changed for you? Since you made that, I mean, obviously, it's a great accomplishment. Most widely distributed Bitcoin film, which you know has probably taken you to a lot of different places and like changed your life. As you, you know, obviously, Bitcoin changes everybody's life. But really, putting in that proof of work, I'm always curious to hear as to how it really uh, changes the uh, entrepreneur's life as well. So, how does it change yours? Well, I guess it, I mean it hasn't like changed my life in, in the sense that I'm, because it, let, let, me, let me just go back a step. It, it was an, 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 always a non-profit um, project, right? So I was, I never wanted to actually, I never did it to make money out of it. I did it to, to get the story out there because I, because I thought that this was a, a story that needed to be told and to the wider world. And I guess just touching on kind of what I was saying earlier, I, I felt that this was a real opportunity to 
orange pill people, uh, well, at least to really connect with a, a much bigger mainstream audience on a, on a human level. Here, I thought there was these in, in amazing characters uh, and, and this amazing story and, and stories within the bigger story that, that I felt was a, a real, as I say, a real opportunity to connect with a more mainstream audience, not just, not just Bitcoiners. And so I felt that if I, you know, if we could connect people and, and let's say dispel some of the, the, the mis, uh, misperceptions of, of what Bitcoin is, then maybe we could pique the interest of more people and they would go down their own uh, rabbit hole journey, so, so to speak, and, and, and get orange pill, you know? And so um, that was really the objective for me was to try and uh, really get out of the Bitcoin echo chamber and um, uh, yeah, try and get this in front of as, as many different people from different walks of life as possible uh, in the hope that, you know, they, they would go, wow, this, I'd never realized that Bitcoin was like that or that some of the people behind, you know, bringing Bitcoin to the world are so compassionate. And so, you know, so they, they seem such great people and, you know, like, and uh, so that was, that was, uh, so as I say, it was, it was a nonprofit venture. I actually made an agreement that um, 90% of any profits, if there, if there would be any profits would go to the Bitcoin beach group and to their community projects. Um, as it turns out, it's highly unlikely or may there will be any profits. So, um, but I wanted it to be very clear that it was a non, you know, I, I in hindsight, I probably should have just said, you know, a hundred percent of, of profits because I don't think it's going to make any profit, but, um, so, uh, but anyway, so the point being is that, uh, it was a, it's, it wasn't a, a kind of career change, let's say. And so, um, as in, you know, right now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing all these different things because that's where my career has gone and, and, and I'm making money and, you know, that's, it hasn't changed my, my life in that way, but it has changed my life in, in the sense that, um, I guess I, I've now got a bit of the, the bug and I actually want to, you know, do other films. And so, you know, still focusing on Bitcoin, but probably, um, I will do, I'm starting to plan and think about now the next, the next projects. Um, I'm not sure yet, but it's, I'm leaning towards Africa. And so, you know, that, that really will have a, a, a you know, big, big impacts in terms of if I end up doing this, then, you know, going, probably traveling around a lot of the African continent and, um, uh, you know, doing some, some, uh, a, a lot of filming and stuff, uh, that meeting, you know, as I say, meeting all, a whole bunch of new people, finding, discovering new stories, new projects. Um, and that's, you know, for me, super exciting. So, um, yeah, I've, I've become, I've, I've learned a lot about filmmaking in the last couple of years. And so that's changed. I never you know, knew anything. And, um, uh, yeah, and, and it probably probably will have much bigger changes in my life in the in the coming years if I keep going down, keep going down this path. That's awesome, man. So yeah, right, so right, have you made any plans? Obviously, you you hinted a little bit about another film in Africa. Have you made any concrete plans just yet, or is it all just uh, in the development stages right now? 
it's it's definitely in development stages it's, it's not even it's you know it's like the very beginnings of because i'm still to be honest uh, you know at the moment really wanting to um focus on on getting the the film the current film you know watched right and that's my it's it, that's one of the big things the the big challenges as an independent filmmaker is to is one thing getting the film made and then there's another huge hurdle which is actually getting it actually seen by people right because without a big marketing budget or whatever and um connections in the industry i mean distribution is one thing it's definitely you know it's that's that's uh it's it's out on so many different platforms and uh, cable tv networks and satellite tv networks and so in that sense um you know definitely overcame overcame a big hurdle and, and it's available and accessible in, in so many different ways so that's great but then you've actually got to get people to to know about it and to go there and to watch it and so i'm, I'm spending a lot of time on that at the moment but um yeah aside from that i'm starting to think about the next the next projects and i'm you know it, it's tempting to to do something else in el salvador because i've really made a strong connection there i love what's happening there i think it's super exciting and you know there's it, there's going to be more more great stories coming out of there um, but on the other hand i'm also seeing some really fascinating things happening in 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 africa and that's actually where the biggest you know that's the they are leading the adoption in the world the uh, i think nigeria is is the is the the leader overall is the, the 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 number one country in terms of bitcoin adoption um but there are other countries and there are you know all these different circular economies now that are um you know taking inspiration from bitcoin beach and they're sprouting up everywhere all over or all, all over africa and well and other places too so and there's a, some really fascinating mining projects happening in in africa where they're bringing you know electricity to to villages that didn't have electricity before and so there's you know there's a lot of a lot of really really cool stuff and i've only just you know i'm only just uh, just dipping my my toes in at, the, at this point right into into what's what's going on there so um yeah i'm 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 tempted to to kind of go in that direction but we'll see we'll see what happens i haven't made any any decisions yet and and the thing is that you know the other thing for me which is important is i don't want to just make a documentary for the sake of making a documentary i really for me the what was amazing about the dare to dream documentary was that it really was an incredible story and and so i want to i want to find something i want to find similar you know incredible stories that and and again at a, at a real human level that really you know connect with people um on on that kind of human emotional level and so yeah we'll we'll see we'll see what happens but uh there are you know the the, the uh there are things beginning to brew i guess you know that's uh, that's where we're at that's great stuff and yeah man i'm looking forward to it so you're gonna have to let me know when the next one's coming out and uh yeah well thank you so much for your time for coming on the pod um i know this has been a couple weeks since adopting bitcoin so thank you for working with me and uh getting getting some FaceTime with me again. And uh, yeah, man, why don't you tell everybody where they can find Dare to Dream and follow along with, you know, more of your projects going along in the future? 
Well, thank you, first of all, for, for having me on. Really, uh, really appreciated it. Uh, great catching up. Really enjoyed like hanging out with you in uh, in El Salvador. So it's uh, super cool to come on your pod. Um, yes, yeah, so people can follow me on, well, yeah, on, on, on X. My profile is Bitcoin underscore films. And where you can find out how to watch the the Dare to Dream documentary is best to go to the website, which is dare to dream film.com. Uh, go to the news section and you'll see where it's uh, where where the you know where it's listed out all the different platforms in different parts of the world. Um, yeah, it's it's worth you know noting that that's that's the thing. I can't just say you know go to YouTube uh, and and find it. It's, it does depend where you are. That's the you know slightly frustrating challenge of of having it so widely distributed is that it's it's uh, in different places depending on on the region. But yeah, go to the website and uh, it's it's all there. In the US, it's very very easy. Uh, to find you, you know, you can just if you, actually if you just Google it, you'll you'll get a whole list of different places. Um, it's on it's on um, all the the cable TV networks. There, it's on uh, the biggest satellite TV networks. It's and then it's on Apple TV, Amazon, um, uh, Google Play, YouTube Movies, um, and and then through our website outside of outside of the the US and Canada. You can you can also buy it uh, with with Bitcoin. Um, just I, I should just mention that it's uh, it is a um, people do have to to pay to see it. That's the distributor's decision. Um, we'll see whether it ends up one day. Maybe that there's a chance it will still end up as part of a subscription subscription package like Netflix or something. Um, but for the moment, it's a transaction thing. But yeah, if you've got a if you've got a Apple account or an Amazon account, it's it's a few bucks. It's nothing. Um, so I encourage people to check it out. And uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, thanks again uh, for having me. And uh, I hope people enjoy it. And I will. Uh, I would love to come back on again as and when you know time's right. Yeah, for sure. We'll definitely have you back on, uh, especially when it comes around the, the next project. So yeah, everybody go support uh, Graham, support the great documentary. It's it's amazing. Gives you the green, green green candle stamp of approval. Everybody should go check it out and support the plebs, man. Support the projects they're putting out there. And uh, yeah, Graham, thanks so much for your time, man. Thank you, man. Thanks a lot, Brandon. Good to, uh, good to be on.